Welcome back to Running My Damn Mouth. I am the host, Jimmy Owens. And today, I want to look at and investigate what I call multiple faces, two-face, or several faces of politicians. And I want to look at the reasons why, or try to understand why, we accept these multiple faces of politicians. Okay, some of y'all out there saying, what do I mean by multiple faces of politicians? Here it is. We have Joe Biden, who is the, num- the Democratic nominee for president this year, and he has picked his running mate, Kamala Harris, from, from Senator, Senator from California. And the platform that it seems like these people are going to run on is not the same platform that these people ran or these people ran on or the ideologies these people had at different times in their careers. And so what happens here is, so I know the first response I may get, well, Jimmy, people change in their life. They they evolve, they expand, they grow. And I understand that. But here's the problem with that. When I change the way I feel or the things I say or the way I act, it usually only impacts my family or the people in my house or the people in my circle or my loved ones. When politicians change the way they feel and change their stances on things, it impacts the whole nation, multitudes, millions of people when you change the way. Because if you feel a certain way right now and you sign bills and you draft bills and legislation that reflect the way you feel, that impacts a person's life, right? But then years later, you take the opposite of the 180-degree stance on that same issue that also impacts people's life. So that's like Joe Biden with the 1994 crime bill. He wanted to be tough on crime. But now Joe Biden is saying, let's do social justice reform. So my thing is, what's changed? Joe wanted to lock up everybody from doing everything from jaywalking to killing people and everything in between. Let's be honest. Mass incarceration is targeted toward nonviolent crimes. Crimes that did have devastating effects on communities and primarily communities of color, but they was non-violence. But now, but now those same people, i.e. Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, and other people want to reverse. And there's okay, but here's the thing. There's Hundreds of thousands of people that was locked up, lives ruined, families upended in those communities based on this bill. 
So yeah, it's all well and good that you want to change and now do something about it. But this is 25 plus years of ruining communities when maybe the, the, the war on drugs that were waged in the 90s. They started in the 90s, but with the crime bill, it got real tough. What we should have done is done what we did with the opioids crisis, which was attack this. And I've heard this. I heard this on the podcast. And I think Freeway Ricky Ross, you know, legendary drug lord and now motivational speaker and somebody that's building the community that he helped ruin, big up Freeway Rick Ross, said is that why did we not try to attack the drug problem from the demand side of the equation? Because when it comes to drugs, when the kingpin or the OG go to jail, somebody just step up like dope, don't stop moving. They don't stop growing, they do not stop growing coca plants and things like that and poppy seeds. Wherever these things grow, they still grow it. So when that man go to jail or that woman go to jail, the boss, there's an underboss. Every organization got an underboss or a capo or a lieutenant. And his job is to be able to step in and assume the role they want. Because look at all the drug lords that we know that got rich while in prison. So that means the supply end of this equation never stops. So it should have been attacked from the demand end of this equation. Just like we're doing with opioids, with the rehabs and stuff. The people that's on drugs. The people that's on drugs and that was on crack and things back in the 90s. Why didn't we just build rehab? Instead of even locking those people up. Why didn't we give rehabs, rehabilitation? Because if you did it where there's no demand for crack cocaine, then we, then the supply just sit in the warehouse somewhere. It just sits somewhere. Because no matter how much big dope is being moved throughout communities around the world, it all trickles down to the end user, the one that's taking that $10 hit, that $5 hit. That's where it trickles down to. Nobody sits at a table and smoke a kilo of dope, right? But you do sit down and you might smoke $100 worth of dope a day. So what I'm saying is, back in the 90s, still of the crime bill, right? We should have built rehabs, rehabilitation situations. I don't, give, I don't care if dope is in the neighborhood because dope can be in the neighborhood. If nobody ain't smoking it, then dope ain't in the neighborhood, right? So back to what I was saying is, but now Joe come and Joe repent. And repentance is okay. There's a lot of people I have asked for forgiveness. But things I've done that was wrong in this it, that was wrong in this world that I've hurt people and saw them badly. 
But here's the thing. That was one or two people, and I had personal relationships with them. So that means at the time, I come up to you and I say, look, I was wrong. I've, I've grown. And as a man, I see what I did 10 years ago was wrong. Okay, that's it. But, but when you have, have participated in this campaign of mass incarceration, where hundreds of thousands and even millions of young black, black men primarily who have never been, never been convicted of violent crimes, rape, child molestation, murder, home invasions, these type of things, never been convicted of them, but the only conviction has been running dope, selling dope, you know what I mean? Taking lemons and making lemonade, you know what I mean? Taking lemons and making lemonade, doing jail time, you know what I mean? Like, and the thing that that is okay, because we still haven't, in this community got rid of people smoking dope. We've never ever attacked that end of the equation. There's people, I know people, you know people right now that still smoke dope. Been smoking dope 30 years. So what I'm saying is, why we got people sitting down the road in the penitentiary system, in the penal system, doing 20, 25 years for moving dope. Don't got nobody's on their record. Ain't, ain't, ain't rape no women. Ain't molest no children. All because politicians was making their bones with destroying communities of low income that was made up of people of color descent. Black and brown people. But now here's my issue. So besides that, here's the issue. Those same families, my family, other families, impacted by Joe Biden and other politicians with this 1994 crime bill are endorsing Joe to be able to help fix and give a hand out or hand up, depending on the way you look at it, to the African-American community. I have a problem with that. So now Joe is a different man. Joe was the man. Joe was the man that destroyed my life, destroyed my family, destroyed any semblance of a community that I used to have, albeit it wasn't all the greatest. But now I'm supposed to say, Joe, help me rebuild this. And I accept your Hell no. Hell no. Joe don't get a pass for that. And I'm going to be the first one to tell you, Joe can't get my vote. Joe can't get my vote. Because Joe flip-flopping and going back and forth on issues like this was just a political stunt for him. But my family and other families like my family have been suffering with these that 94 crime bill. I got three brothers, all under the age of 45, that if you put their whole penitentiary career 
penitentiary career lined up. They, they all under 45, but have did more than 20 years in the penitentiary. Now, one of my brothers, it was for a violent crime, and he paid his dues. He back on the street, big ups the bro. So we not talking about that. That was a violent crime. He had to do what he had. I mean, not do what he had to do, but he had to serve that time. He served that time like a man. He back on the street. He back on the street. You know what I mean? Serve that time like a man. My other two brothers, I got a brother now doing a 30-year bid for nonviolent crime selling dope. Yeah, he was selling dope, you know, doing his thing. And I ain't saying that right, but man, that's 30-year for nonviolent crime. But here's the thing. Those people he was selling dope to, they still didn't dope. They not they they ain't now just stop the end user ain't just now stop smoking drugs. Those same people are still smoking drugs. We have not did nothing about the supply end. I mean the the demand end. I'm sorry, we have not did nothing about the demand end. Of drugs. So what I'm saying is, but now Joe say, you know, let people out. Social justice reform. That's the sentence for non-violent offenders. Joe don't get to say that. Joe, 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 Joe don't get to say that. Because Joe helped write the bill. It was part of those politicians. That wrote these bills, they thought that was the way to help these communities of low income and color, and it didn't do nothing but destroy them. Now they want to repent and do some good. I don't accept it. But this is my thing why do these same people in these low incomes and communities of color allow Joe Biden to have their vote? Their endorsement. When Joe Biden, the thing you trying to get Joe Biden to fix about some of these communities is the very thing that he created. 1994 crime bill. But now we giving him the endorsement and giving him the power and the latitude to say, Joe, come fix these communities. We forgive you. Hell no. Not me. Hell no. I'd be the first to say, fuck Joe Biden. Listen to me. Fuck Joe Biden. Oh, and then he picked Kamala, Kamala Harris. Okay. But, and, and she's running on, you know, part of her platform is president and thing with social justice reform, reforming the police department and all that. Whew. Just seven years ago, as the AG of California, if I ain't mistaken, in 2015, she opposed bills to investigate police after police involved shootings. So now she's gonna investigate the police. She wanna investigate the police, but when she was the top cop in the state and could, at one swipe of her pen, Enforce a mandate to investigate police shooters, she declined. But now she gonna help these communities of color that 
that, that suffer with these overwhelming, with the big numbers and overwhelming numbers of police shootings that sometimes results into police fatality. She gonna be the one to lead her there. Lead us there. No. Get out of here. Get out of here. You can't change like that because decisions you made then affect, affected people's lives. Now you're going to say, oh, well, I was wrong. No, 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 no. You, but see, her life ain't changing. She went from the AG of California to being a U.S. senator, making more money, having more power, and capitalizing on the flip-flop of her political views. While people down here on Main Street on Main Street was suffering because of that. Right? So, she get to say, well, I did and I... No. Fuck that. These people are playing political games with my life, your life, and the life of other people. And they can't have my vote. As people, they may be good people, better stewards of my needs and my desires to live a better life. Them being the chief stewards, vice president and president, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris can go to hell. I mean, and Kamala Harris' record speaks for itself. Not only that, in 2015, she also opposed mandates for, for body cams on police officers in California. You know this thing we fighting about right now where we have in all of these cases been able to capture what was going on because police been running body cams and, and a lot of instant other people, brave people been pulling out their phones to 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 allow the world to see what's happening in real time. She was opposed to a fashion of that, which is the police body cam. She opposed it. Didn't want to sign on to that. Didn't want to put her name behind that. As the top cop in California, the attorney general. But now, she want to have reform. So what I'm saying is these people don't give a damn about me and you on Main Street. These people give a damn about progressing their personal political agendas. You go from Attorney General of San Francisco, I mean District Attorney of San Francisco, to Attorney General of California, to Senator of the United States representing the state of California, to now, you're buying for the second, the second highest office in all the land, vice president. Hell no. Tell me what she did. Other than help ruin communities that now she's going to fix. So in other words, these politicians get to play God. I know what's wrong. Let me help tear it down. And then I'm going to be the one to help build it back up. They're not playing politicians and stewards and helpers of the people they represent. They're playing God. And I say, fuck them. 
Oh, and her record goes on and on like that. You know, under her watches AG of California, over 1,500 people got locked up for weed. Now it's, let's legalize weed and legalize the use of marijuana. I mean, so I just feel like these people do what follow whatever trend is popular at the time. But while you're following trends and doing what's popular, the people down here on Main Street that go to work every day, these people are suffering and being used like puns in the game of chess to advance personal political careers. Period. But here's the other thing about that. We as voters, as and some of these communities underrepresented and demographics of underrepresented, we allow this. Oh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. We forgive you. Oh, Joe Biden. Or Kamala Harris, we forgive you. Now you're going to... Yeah, now Trump is a bad... What Trump is doing is not good for the country. I understand it. But what I argue is Kamala Harris and Joe Biden is not going to do any better. But we all, you know, jumping on this bandwagon. And, I mean, I got a list of here things that Kamala Harris have done, you know what I'm saying, that that have hurt the community that now she's saying that she wants to help. As in 2010 at the San Francisco DA, prosecuted, she prosecuted parents for truant students. Well, where do them truant students come from? Low-income People of color. Lock your mama up because you ain't going to school. Mm-hmm. That ain't going to really help us get to where we need to go. Like, we're, we're, yeah, we do need to find that school and that edge. And we do need to find maybe alternatives to schools. Not alternative schools, but learning alternatives for students that for whatever reason... Standardized or standardized schoolings or traditional schoolings don't work for them. But instead of doing that, because truant students was a problem, we're just like your parents. So, so what I'm saying is, now I trust you with my vote to rectify or to help build this community's of the destruction that we are in. But you help cause the destruction. So not only is this Joe Biden and Kamala Harris playing politics to the highest degree, it's working because the voters are signing on. 48 hours, 72 hours, they raised $50 million. Or close to $50 million. 
after Joe added Harris to the ticket. Neither one of them have told us nothing that they're going to do to help us. Because let's get this. For them to win, they're going to have to get the vote of women and the vote of minorities and people of the communities, people in communities of color. Not one time have they told us how they're going to help us get ahead. See, a lot of politicians then did stuff to make us comfortable with inequality, i.e. food stamps, Section 8, stuff with and all that. That's to make you comfortable. That don't help us move forward, though. Move forward. You can't live a good life on Section 8. You can't live a good life on WIC and food stamps. It's not possible. So how do we... Now, you can use these things as springboards, but they cannot be part of the overall goal and the picture of a good life. They can be used as prerequisites and springboards to a good life. But they can't be parts of a good life. So this is my thing. Like, so this episode is all about just how do we hold these people accountable for their past? And not only hold them accountable, but how does it make us feel to know that we were impacted by future decisions that was made by these politicians? And now we're going to entrust them with our votes to get in other positions of power fix or rectify the problems they already created. It's like I did something to you. I beat you up or I assaulted you. And then I say, man, let me put a band-aid on that for you. Can I put let me let me let me clean that scar up for you. And let me put a band-aid on it for you. Put some Neo Spurring on it. You see what I'm saying? And you know. You know, uh, you know, I'm gonna monitor it for you. And I'm gonna make sure you get better. And all the time I'm saying to myself, look at how much power I got. I caused the destruction and I got the chance to fix or to re. Feel after after the destruction. Damn, that's powerful. We gotta stop letting these politicians and primarily politicians in the Democratic Party play with our lives with wavering ideologies, wavering feelings on social issues. That impacts our life on a day-to-day basis. 
There's no there 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 there's nothing wrong with feeling of some kind of way. Like Kamala Harris. There's and Joe Biden. There's nothing wrong with being tough on crime. There there is there are people who political ideology is law and order. Democrats and politics and Republicans. But here's the problem. After you see the devastation of those ideologies being put into practice, meaning going from an ideology to a draft of a law to being a law adopted and upheld and then put in practice on an everyday micro level meaning day-to-day in the communities. When you see that those decisions or those stances have caused destruction, you, you shouldn't be allowed a chance to help fix or clean up that destruction. Uh-uh, let somebody that already had a stance in the ideology that was already a little bit more grown and groomed and polished than yours. Because now we can look back and say, well, Joe and Kamala Harris was wrong. That's my point. They're not right now. They're, they're, they're just using hindsight. And everybody got the answers to the test after the test get graded. Listen. If I give you a test and you fail a test, but I give you the right answers and then I tell you to go take the test again, what are the chances that this time you're going to ace the test? Very, very high. The probability is very, very high. Mm-mm. Of course, Josie now over 25 years what the crime bill did to these communities. But now he understands to advance his political ambitions, he need those people that he helped destroy. So therefore, I got to give you the answers to the test. Yeah, you failed the test. But look, let me give you the answer to the test. You know, uh, now I give you the, I failed the, I failed the test. Nah, so I got that wrong. What I'm saying is Joe Biden failed the test. But now, we the people he represent showed him that he failed the test. So now he got the answers 25 years later. So now he want to come back and let's make this right. No, Joe, you failed the test. So with all that saying, man, this is Jimmy Owens and I'm running my damn mouth. And I want you to run your damn mouth, man. Tell me what you think about this. Just tell me. What you really think about this? And give me the pros and cons of letting people change their ideologies and feelings and then land them back into our political lives and entrusting them with more power in higher positions. Y'all let me know what y'all think. I know what I think. I mean, November the 3rd, 4th, whenever that bone day is, I'm not saying if I'm going to vote or not. I'm not saying... Trump gonna get my vote, but I'm gonna tell you one one damn thing. 
Mr. Biden and Ms. Harris will not get my damn vote. No, no way, no how. They say, well, a, a non-vote for Biden is a vote for Trump. So be it. I can live with it. I can live with it. One thing Trump ain't never did, Trump ain't never disguised who Trump is. Trump been the same Trump ever since Trump hit the, hit the national scene as a quote-unquote real estate mogul and then reality. Trump been the same Trump. The way he looked at things been evidence of the early, was evident in the early 90s with the Central Park Five. And even now that those guys have been exonerated, after all that time, and as underrated, rightfully so, Trump still keep his stance. Well, maybe it could have been them, or they did other things wrong and stuff. And I'm not saying that right. What I'm saying is, Trump live and die with Trump. He live and die with with his BS. So with Joe and Kamala, I just tell people, go back and look at their track records. Look at the video. Read, read, read the articles. Understand how these people that we hold in such esteem now got to their rise on the backs of our communities. Not only on the backs of our community, on the destruction of our community. And tell me, can you live with that? I don't want the man that towed the community down to necessarily build it back up. He, he, can, he have input on the rebuilding of the community. But he can't build it back up, though. He can't build it back up. So, man, let me know what y'all think. Thank you for your time. They've been Jimmy Owens. I've been running my damn mouth. Y'all know that what I do. I run my damn mouth. So I want y'all to run y'all damn mouth and uh, get at me, man. Let me know what you think. Let's chop it up. See, can we come to some solutions, man? Because we, we, everyday people, me and you, we are the power. We hold all the power. It's just understanding how do we maximize and then exercise that power. So with that being said, I'm out of here, man. Get at your next time. Holla at me.